Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to read to you this morning Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, and uh, we're going to read it in its entirety from Luke chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to Luke chapter 2, I think, verse 19. You know, many times we gloss over this and uh, we just take snippets out. It's great for us to look at it in everything that the Word of God actually says about it. And who knows the Word of God is more powerful than your Word and my Word. All right, so we're going to have a look at that this morning. As we do that, I want the, uh, the ushers to come. We're going to take communion at the end of that reading as well, uh, as we are reminded again of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so it says this in Luke chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm reading from the message translation. It says, So many others have tried their hand at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of Scripture and history that took place among us, using reports handed down by the original eyewitnesses who served this word with their very lives. Since I have investigated all the reports in close detail, starting from the story's beginning, I've decided to write it all out for you, most honourable Theophilus, so that you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt the reliability of what you were taught. Now, during the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah, and his wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honourably before the Lord, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive and now they were quite old. And so it happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before the Lord, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and to burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, an angel of the Lord appeared just to the right of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was paralyzed with fear. But the angel reassured him, Don't fear, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you, and you are to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. Don't you love the message translation? Leap like a gazelle. Not only you, but many will delight in his birth. He will achieve great stature with God. He will drink neither wine nor beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. And he will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and the strength of Elijah. Soften the hearts of the parents to the children and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He will get the people ready for God. Well, Zechariah said to the angel, Do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I'm Gabriel, the sentinel of God, sent specially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. You know, sometimes unbelief needs to be silenced, amen? Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. Come on, who knows that God's time is always perfect? Meanwhile, the congregation waiting for Zechariah was getting restless, wondering what was keeping him so long in the sanctuary. When he came out, he couldn't speak, and they knew that he had seen a vision. 
He continued speechless and had to use sign language with the people. When the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It wasn't long before his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she went off by herself for five months relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition, she said. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful and inside and out. God be with you. But she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has got a surprise for you, a big surprise. <laughs> You'll become pregnant. Give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son? Old as she is, everyone called her barren. And here she is six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. Praise God, eh? And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. And then the angel left her. Well, Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and travelled to a town in Judea, in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house, and she greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, You are blessed among women, and the babe in your womb is also blessed. Why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God had said, believed every word would come true. And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Saviour God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy set apart from all the others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who stand in awe before him. He bared his arm and he showed his strength. He scattered the bluffering braggarts. He knocked the tyrants off their high horses. He pulled the victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies. He piled them high. It is exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham right up to now. Well, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her home. And when Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy, she bore a son. Her neighbours and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and were calling him Zachariah after his father. But his mother intervened, no, he's to be called John. But they said, no one in your family is named that. And they used sign language to ask Zechariah what he wanted them to be named and asking for the tablet. Zechariah wrote, his name is to be John. That took everyone by surprise. Surprise followed surprise. Zechariah's mouth was open. 
his tongue was loose and he began talking and praising God. A deep reverential fear settled over the neighborhood and in all the Judean hill country, people talked about nothing else. Everyone who heard about it took it to heart, wondering what will become of this child. Clearly, God has a hand in this. And then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He came and he set his people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant. And just as he promised long ago through the preaching of his holy prophets, deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers. And as he remembers to do what he said he'd do, what he swore to our father Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy's camp so that we can worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways. Present the offering of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins, and through heartfelt mercies of our God, God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. The child grew up healthy and spirited. He lived out in the desert until the day he made his prophetic debut in Israel. Now about that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was one of the first censuses where Quinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town for the census. And as a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancee, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket, laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They'd set up night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A saviour has been born in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and master. This is what you are to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir, singing God's praises, glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let us go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And they left running. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they had met what the angels had said about the child, and all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It had turned out exactly the way they'd been told. God always delivers what he promises. The Bible says that they praised God for everything they had heard and seen. But Jesus, when he was alive and he was walking the earth, makes this powerful statement to Thomas. He says, blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. 
See, today, you and I, we weren't there, but we do believe. And because we believe, we walk in blessing and favour. And we benefit of what Jesus Christ did for us 2,000 years ago because we've made a decision in our heart that we believe. You know, the book of Peter speaks about this. 1 Peter 1 and verse 8, You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you will get what you were looking for, total salvation. The prophets who told us this was coming asked a lot of questions about this gift of life God was preparing. You know, the reality is, church, you know this, is that he gives us joy, he gives us peace, he gives us confidence in the midst of storm, he leads us when we don't know what to do, he guides us when we are at a loss on what to do next, he helps us all through life's troubles and difficulties, why? Because he's alive and we have made a decision to trust him with our very lives. You and I, we're here today, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Many of us here today because we recognise that though we have not seen him, we believe in him and we understand that he's alive and because of that, he has powerfully, radically changed our hearts from the inside. We made a decision to trust him. And so because of that, we experience the fullness of what he offers, salvation from our past, our problems, our sicknesses, our issues. Our trust is in him. Because of our trust, we have all of these wonderful benefits. I was watching a funny video the other day, and you know, sometimes in corporate settings, they do the trust fall, where you know, people are behind you, they hold you, and you fall back to say, you've got to trust other people. And they said to this guy, okay, we're going to do the trust fall. And he was the first guy off the rank. They said, you know, we want you to fall, we're going to carry you. Well, the problem was, instead of falling backwards, he fell forward. See, many times we trust people, we get it wrong, but God never fails us, he never leaves us, he's always there. As we take communion today, we are not only thanking him for coming to the earth and for sacrificing himself so that we can have life, but Christmas is also a reminder us again of, of the good news. The Bible says that when Jesus came, it was good news for us. It wasn't fake news. It wasn't overinflated news. It wasn't exaggerated news. It happened as they said it did. And it wasn't just good news, but it's good news for you. And it's good news for me. You know, sometimes there's good news out in the world, but it doesn't affect us. I want to say this to you today. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news for us today. It's good news for you. It's good news for your mental health. It's good news for your social interactions with other people. It's good for your personal development. It's good for your health and vitality. It is good for your love, your forgiveness, your compassion. The good news of Jesus Christ is good for you in all these different areas. It is not bad news. It won't cripple you or hurt you. The direct opposite is true. It is not going to put you in a worse position emotionally. It is going to put you in a better position. People came from miles to hear the news. Why? Because it was good news. You know, the shepherds didn't walk away disappointed, did they? They didn't go, oh, that, that was pretty pathetic. When the wise men came, they didn't say, you know, can we have our gifts back? Right? They came and they recognised what actually happened to them. And today, you and I, we celebrate Christmas not because it was good news 2,000 years ago. No, that was great what happened back then. What a great slice of history. But it's good news for us today. 
Today, he wants to impact your life. Today, he wants to bring peace. Today, he wants to bring joy. Today, he wants to bring you confidence in the midst of trials. But the way that you access that is that you put your trust and your hope in him. It's amazing how easy we trust other things. But today, the way that you access what he did for you when he was born and when he died on the cross is that you say, God, today, I trust you with my life. And with that, you give me joy, you give me peace, you give me confidence. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.